0: Hey guys, welcome back to Angel to IPO, the podcast where we talk about everything startups and startup investing. We look at companies' products, finances, and future expectations. This is the perfect podcast for anyone that wants to learn about startups, how to invest in startups, and just generally what's happening new in the world of companies. I'm your
1: co-host, Ajay Velayapin and I'm your other co-host, Varun Ramanathan, and on today's podcast, we're gonna be diving into a company called Fundrise. I know some of you might have heard about it. It is a real estate company, but it's not a real estate company. It's a real estate investment company that allows you to directly invest into real estate. Um, It's it's a pretty cool company. Uh, The way Fundrise is set up is basically you can invest into one of their managed funds, which is directly invested into real estate properties. Um, and yeah, so Jay, tell me how this is. How is this different from what we traditionally see in the real estate world? Yeah, for sure. I'd say traditionally,
0: right now, as the individual investor in the real estate world, your main options. You have two main options to invest, invest in real estate. Number one being the person that actually owns the real estate, the house you own, or maybe the investment property you own, and that takes a lot of work for you. Uh, another one is something called a right or a real estate um investment and the uh, right is sometimes publicly traded or privately traded and we'll get more into what that means later on in the episode. But how how Fundrise is different is that, for example, me, I might not have a few hundred K to go buy a house, but I still wanna diversify my portfolio so that I have money in multiple different um, parts, right? I wanna have money in companies, money in real estate, money in gold maybe to make sure my portfolio is diversified. How Fundrise helps with that is it allows individual investors to invest in real estate. And they have three levels. They call it their basic package, where you have 1,000 minimum investment, core, which you have 5,000, and advance, where you have 10,000, and then premium, where you have 100,000. And at each level, they allow you essentially to invest in different types of funds. Um, and these funds have multiple different investments within them. They have something called a value add fund, Where they have a lot of single-family rental properties. In that, there's something called a fixed-income fund, which is mainly apartment buildings. So what Fundrise does is they go out there. They have some uh, kind of criteria that they decide what properties to buy. They put them in these funds, and they allow absolutely anyone to invest in these funds. So um, Varun, how well has like Fundrise's funds been doing? And what would you do as a personal Investor, when you saw Fundrise?
1: Yeah, so Fundrise is pretty cool. I think I was looking on, uh, you know, I think they published on their website as well, they're doing like 11% per year, which is pretty good. You know, that's typically higher than your uh, SP benchmark uh, for investments. But I think the selling point about Fundrise, you know, one, they're amazing in marketing, just got a hats off to them. But I think it's being able to Kind of see where your return, your money is being invested into. You know, you put it at the S and P. It's kind of like a black box. I mean, we know it's being invested into 500 companies, but you don't really see that. Um, Fundrise, they show you. You know, this is the property that we're adding. You know, it's in this location. This is why we're investing it. In. You know, they give a little bit of their theses. Like you know, I think Fundrise is cool, and it makes you connected to their individual property. So it feels like you're actually investing in them. Um, it kind of takes you back to the original reason of why do we invest, you know, returns is one thing, but also seeing, you know, properties and seeing these companies grow, is pretty cool, Um, but one thing about Fundrise is, I think we need to understand where it's competing, so uh, when we talk about uh, rights, which is, we're probably going to bring the term again, which is real estate uh, investment trusts, they're basically um, like a, company or a holding company that invests in lots of real estate properties and holds them and you can basically give your money to them and they'll give you returns. Uh, So we have you know private rights and public rights. Uh, Public rights are traded on the stock market you know you can go and buy one Um, and when we see that I don't think Fundrise is competing with them. I think Fundrise is competing with the private rights uh, such as you know Uh, held by Blackstone or some other big private equity guys where they basically, they don't just, you know, invest in the companies, they do like the underwriting process, they work the debt they actually take these projects on, uh, you know, kind of go full in depth and take on other risks associated to these investments as well Um, and I think their fee structure is kind of representative of that so, you know, Fundrise, they have a 1% annual fee, which is competitive with the um you know other private um rights in the area but i don't think it's competitive with the public rights the public rights are 0.5 percent management fee so that's something you know kind of interesting to think about of you know is that a good investment i mean 11 percent is good but what do you think yeah, I think we should definitely look at
0: that. One of the biggest things when you're investing is is what is the fee structure, right? So most uh, when we're investing in an ETF, for example, we'd want a low fee structure because they're just be- be- um, taking our money and investing into a group of stocks. But more managed ones have a higher fee structure. So you really need to look at the fee structure and see, does that fee stru- structure equal the returns that we're getting? Like Varun was saying, a good example is Blackstone. Blackstone is a private equity firm, and they are heavily invested in real estate. And yes, they have a more higher fee structure. But one thing we can see is they have high returns consistently that go with that, kind of telling us why are we paying this high fee structure? Because they're giving us good returns. Then when we're looking at Fundrise, we need to see if that same thing is happening. And one thing Varun pointed out was public versus private so why we won't be comparing fundraise with a public right is because uh public rights what we mean by public rights are rights that are publicly traded an example is the vanguard right so that's um, a real estate investment trust created by vanguard which you can buy on the stock market Uh, Private rights, you can't buy on the stock market. You have to go to a wealth advisor, or you have to, if you're a high net worth individual, you can go directly to a company like Blackstone and give you their money. And why we can't compare this with public rights is because public rights is very liquid what we mean by liquid is, I can pull my money out at any time. So it works like a stock. So pretend I'm in Apple at 10 a.m. I can be in Vanguard's right at 10.02, and then I can be back in Apple at 10.04. I can trade that quickly. But with uh, private rights, you can't trade that much. Your money is highly illiquid, meaning you can't move it around. And Fundrise is similar to that. And because of its liquidity versus illiquidity, we are gonna be comparing it to the private rights. Fundrise, which we found online, is is typically your money is held up there from anywhere to one to five years. While on their website they say they allow liquidity, multiple different sources such as Business Insider and Seeking Alpha have shown that they're actually pretty illiquid because they write this thing kind of in the margins that if it's during a hard economic time, you can't pull out your money, which is kind of loosely defined. And because of that, we, we treat the money as pretty illiquid. Yeah. So based off of that, what, what do you think, Varun, as an individual investor that's trying to diversify their portfolio and get into real estate as well, what is the advantages of being in a private right or Fundrise versus being in a public right? And also just take a deeper dive into how Fundrise works and if it's actually getting those good returns.
1: Yeah, I think one thing about private rights, and not even just rights, like we think about any private investments, you know, think of private equity, or we think of venture capital investments, you know, your money's locked up for, you know, five years, 10 years, like why do we invest in that? I mean, the number one reason, you know, all these rich billionaires invest in that is insanely high returns. Uh, But when if we see pretty comparative returns, you know, on the same level to public companies, we need to kind of think, you know, what are we paying for? I'm... Kind of skeptic about Fundrise I think it's really cool how we can, you know, see your investments. It's really cool for you know a retail investor to be able to put money into this and see what's actually happening. But one thing we look at is one, your money's a liquid, um, and two, if you want to, you know, remove it, there's like a three percent fee. You know, within, if you remove it like uh, for fif- uh, after 15 months, then you know your actual returns are decreasing a lot. And if you, you know, throw them in, in there for five, you know, 10 years, maybe it's a possibility you're, you're missing out on an opportunity cost, uh, which you could have saved if, you know, a public right is giving you that same 10 percent, but it's liquid. Um, so me personally, I think one thing to look at with fund is. I think it's mainly the marketing is extremely good. I got to give them that. They give you a personal connection to the properties. I got to give you that. But just looking from a money standpoint, I think they kind of do operate in a black box. Like I'm trying to go on their website, trying to understand how they work. A lot of their fee structures are hidden, it's not exactly clear. Like I have to go look on stories on, you know, Business Insider and stuff to kind of see. Each person's personal experiences for how they couldn't remove their money and stuff like that. So I feel like the finance side, they're a little bit of a black box of what's actually happening to your money. They just kind of say you keep your money in, you'll do fine. But I feel like we can say that with a lot of things. But you know, I think we're missing out on opportunity cost with Fundrise because, you know, there's some fees. That's just my personal opinion.
0: Yeah, you know, t- to add on to that, I definitely agree. So what we were pointing out at the beginning of this podcast is Fundrise's aim is to essentially kind of the trend in finance right now kind of democratize investments because real estate is typically it's it's a very high capital investment i can't usually buy a house without a few hundred k and it's hard for everyone to have a few hundred k and what fundrise allows you to do is invest in housing without having that money right but I i think the difference we need to point out is that if you want to invest in real estate as an individual investor, your money is probably better placed in public rights because they are kind of it's your money's liquid. So if the housing market goes down, you can pull out and you can you have more uh, you have more power over your money. And also something else we want to point out is public rights, most public rights nowadays use something called internal management, meaning that the properties they own are run by them themselves and because of this they are kind of driven their their goal is for the properties to do well well fundrise they pick investments and then they use something called external management which is where they hire a company to manage their properties and when this happens that company is obviously driven by having more properties to manage so they'll just kind of try to get more and more properties to manage and their goal isn't as much giving that return to investors so i think that's one small problem there and because of things like that and as we were pointing out the fee structure as an individual investor i'd say that public rights are a better way to diversify your uh, portfolio and be in real estate but if you are the type of person that wants to do a private right then there comes some more questions, right? Versus um, if you have enough money where you can go invest in uh, companies like Blackstone, right? Versus Fundrise. I think that's where we need to be thinking about, well, well, is it worth it or is it not? And as of now, I'd say if I had that money, I'd go to Blackstone. Reason being is one, they have proven results over multiple years of investors that are highly trained. And two is, they kind of take a more strategic approach. So different private equity companies can have different focuses, such as um, certain types of debt that they're going after and uh, different strategies. While Fundrise kind of takes an overall view, they just buy an investment here, an investment there, here and there. There isn't really kind of a strategy behind it. And because of that, it's just kind of like you're buying the whole entire real estate market which is very very similar to something like the vanguard right so why would i pay the private right fees when i can just do that right so i think there's a lot of things to consider when you're choosing how you want to invest in real estate and as of current time fundrise is still too iffy for i think me to use it as a product what's your feelings rune
1: yeah i think one thing we're seeing you know you can go on so many websites a lot of people are like, "Is Fundrise a scam?" Because I mean, obviously it's not. It's a you know pretty established company, and they do have a reputation. But the thing is, people do make money. You know, people aren't losing money, so it's obviously not a scam. It just, I think it is unclear, and it's purposely unclear of what happens to your money once it goes in. You know, you see all these you know being invested and all that, but why is your money locked up in such a you know w- weird way when? you know, typically the democratization is you have the freedom to, you know, we're kind of straying away from you give your money, it's locked up, and it's gone. You know, that's kind of the billionaire thing, you know, I'll give my money and it's fine if it's gone. Like for a retail investor, I think liquidity is extremely important. You know, I think we're seeing a contrast between two sides of one, we're democratizing real estate for sure. But two, like, what is the purpose of that if my money is, you know, if I can't take my money out, uh, but one thing I also want to discuss is, say, you know, Fundrise has you know these things of uh, their like their uh, premium fund, which is you know you don't need a minimum of a hundred thousand dollars. So I want to discuss like if you had a hundred thousand dollars to invest, why not actually invest in real estate? You know, like go and buy you know a hundred thousand dollar property or go and you know. Uh, create a contract with that i feel like that's much more hands-on i feel like the people that invest in fundrise want that hands-on experience in real estate i think that's i think that's the reason anyone invests in real estate is it's something tangible you know stocks are kind of like fluffy like you can't really see it real estate you can see the building you can see it i think people like that security so i think that's a big thing for fundrise is a big barrier to entry which i think you know they kind of have to do the education piece of you know explaining why they're better than you just going and investing in you know if you have hundred thousand plus investing in just normal property so what do you think like say you had five hundred thousand you know what would the advantage be of using Fundrise over just going and doing your own real estate investing
0: yeah exactly i think that's a great point so i think what i'd see as if i was doing my own real estate investing the decisions are on me right and maybe i don't have as much experience i have the money i have the capital but I don't know how to invest in real estate and let's say I don't have the time to then an option like fundraise is something that I think is great right I want to be investing in real estate which is essentially dividend driven in a way right because we're getting money back from the rent and it's seen as a very a, a more safe investment than other investments so it, it, it does look good right it does look good for me to put my money there but I'd say the, the problem is that like like we've been saying it's it's a big unknown and because of that i might i'd probably not do it at this stage five years down the road maybe they change their company and kind of show us what it is and i think that's something we need to point out what we see is the future of this company is we i think it'll be it'll do better if it they become more transparent which they say they are but i don't think they are yet and going back to the thing if i had 500k would i go and do uh, do the real estate myself i would if i had information but most likely i mean i'd say i would prefer to go in a private right or even a public right to get in to the real estate market because it just because if i don't know the information to it myself that's just a much safer option uh one thing i want to point out though is an interesting kind of trend of not looking at Fundrise as a product or as a way for us to invest. Looking at Fundrise in a company and how it works, they're completely crowdfunded, right? It's different people coming in and giving them money. And that's kind of how they've grown. So this is very different than the private equity companies which get their money from like 100 million from uh, such and such um pension fund uh 10 million from this person right that's how they build up their money not from this thousand dollar here thousand dollar there so i think one thing fundrise has shown us is that companies can actually secure funding in these kind of non-traditional ways of just getting you to give them like thousand dollars five thousand dollars and create this investment portfolio so in a way fundrise has created this real estate private equity company in a way through complete crowdfunding so for them as a company this is i think a very interesting trend but as us as an investor is it the safest thing to do and that's a question we still don't have an answer to and i think that's a question that i want answered in the next few years before i
1: give my money to fundrise for sure but one thing i want to do mention with fundrise i think we've Taking a little bit of the negative route, bashing, but I think they've been pretty innovative with the way they've approached crowdfunding. Because traditionally, you know, at, before you know, 2016, I think only if you're an accredited investor, you're allowed to invest in you know, crowdfunding type projects and private investments like this. You know, accredited means um, you either have a net worth of over a million dollars, or you've been earning two hundred thousand for the last two years. Um, but you know that's pretty limited scope of who, who can do that, so it's not really open to anyone. Then the SEC released a regulation called Regulation A Plus, which basically opens it up for companies to raise you know up to 50 million dollars uh, from you know both accredited and non-accredited. But setting this up costs a lot of fees and it's pretty expensive. But Fundrise jumped straight on that. They were one of the few companies that actually. Took you know um, the A plus regulation the SEC offered and basically you know went with what their mission was and open investing to all even though you know it was fees for them and all that um, they opened it and that's why you know anyone from a hundred dollars you know five hundred dollars can invest in Fundrise or you know a thousand instead of you know unless you have a net worth over a million or right, yeah so I gotta say I get gotta give it to Fundrise for you know actually taking charge and taking potential of doing what their mission statement is, you know, of uh, democratizing and, you know, kind of allowing anyone to invest in real estate. So I think the mission is good. I think, like Ajay said, I think it comes down to timing. I think they're a really good company. It'd be really cool to see maybe sometime in the future if you can invest in individual individual real estate properties through the platform. That might be cool. Instead of just a trust, if regulation comes there, you can invest, you know, maybe, you you can select investments through the platform that might be something cool that's something hands-on maybe you as an investor that's hands-on instead of you maybe you can't put up a hundred thousand for a house you can put $1,000 with a hundred other investors you know I think that's some something cool that Fundrise can easily pivot to yeah definitely and I think
0: to um, sum it up what, what we've seen here is that Fundrise is an innovative new way to invest in real estate through this crowdfunding that we think in the future has very high potential, but what we see as the current problems is kind of the lack of transparency. And to note on a trend that we've seen is this follows the democratization of finance similar to Robinhood. It's allowing absolutely any investor, like Varun said, you don't need to be an accredited investor to invest in real estate, which is really, um, truly a game changer. So uh, we want to hear what, what your guys' thoughts on the future of real estate investing, the future of crowdfunding, and where you'll see Fundrise go. I'm very excited to see what they'll do in the next five years, if they can show that they're truly uh, for the people and they're able to give us solid returns i think that'll be really cool and feel free to contact us on our social media um, at angel to ipo on instagram or email us angel to ipo at gmail.com we'd love to hear your guys's thoughts and thanks for listening